Okay, so for lohe salad tossing, after we mix the ingredients, you need to toss them as high as you can with your chopsticks while yelling the things that you want to attract during the year, like prosperity, good health, okay? Okay, yeah, sounds good, okay. Okay, okay, let's do it. One, two, three. What? Wati, More money. money. Win the lottery. Promotion. Piolo Pascual. Piolo Pascual? Why Papa P? Yeah. Well, I want to attract him, right? Piolo! Piolo! Everyone, welcome to Banana Key Podcast and Konghei Fat Choi. That means Happy New Year in Cantonese. No, it doesn't mean that. So Konghei Fat Choi literally means congratulations and be prosperous. Oh, I didn't know that. I always thought it was mm. Happy New Year, right? Because that's how people greet I each other. Well yeah, well, interesting. I learned when I was in Singapore that the Happy New Year equivalent is Shin and Kwairong. But but my friends told me that. There are two lines that you need to say during the Lunar New Year. Shinen Kwaila, which means Happy New Year, and Hongbao Nalai, which means Give Me Hongbao. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's a set. Yeah, yeah. Hongbao is actually the red packets filled with money, right? Which we will discuss yes. later. So we are talking about Chinese New Year today because as Filipinos, there are a lot of Chinese influences in the Philippines to the point that some of their beliefs or traditions are embedded in what we do. For example, some superstitions like noodles are for long life, right? We use that for birthdays mm. and New Year as well. And also believing in the Chinese horoscope, which unlike Western horoscope is based on birth year instead of month. So 2023 is the year of the rabbit, starting from January 22, which is today. Yeah. In Chinese culture, the rabbit is a symbol of longevity, peace, and prosperity. So 2023 is predicted to be a year of hope. That's so nice, right? Hope. It is. Is that the reason why Energizer Battery has a rabbit as its mascot? Because it's longevity, right? All right, that's a good it point. Is, maybe long. <laughs> possible. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. But it's nice that it's a year of hope because you know, after almost three years of the pandemic, it's not been very full of hope. Honestly, right? Good point. I hope that it's true that it's about hope. <laughs> year of the hope. First of all, how did it all start? So let me read about the mm. mythology. From Wikipedia. So, according to legend, Chinese New Year started with a mythical beast called the Nian, a beast that lives under the sea or in the mountains during the annual spring festival. The Nian would eat villagers, especially children, in the middle of the night. Yeah. One year, all the villagers decided to hide from the beast. An older man appeared before the villagers went into hiding and said that he would stay the night and would get revenge on the Nian. The old man put red papers up and set off firecrackers. The day after, the villagers came back to their town and saw that nothing had been destroyed. They assumed that the old man was a deity who came to save them. The villagers then understood that Hian Huang had discovered that the Nian was afraid of the color red and loud noises. 
Then, the tradition grew when New Year was approaching, and the villagers would wear red clothes, hang red lanterns, and red spring scrolls on windows and doors, and used firecrackers and drums to frighten away the Nian. From then on, Nian never came to the village again. Mm, that is a very interesting story, right? And I think it's a Hollywood movie about to happen. Like, I can imagine that older man who stayed behind. I can imagine him like Liam Neeson. <laughs> like, Shouldn't he be Chinese? <laughs> Uh, Should be Jetly or or I don't know. Like the, because I'm thinking the backstory should be like probably his daughter got eaten by Nian and he's plotting his revenge. <laughs> That's why you like thought of Nian. Firecrackers. <laughs> right? Okay, got it. Okay, it makes sense mm. if you think of it from a taken perspective. Okay, yes. but yeah, it, it does seem like it's a good movie. And for all we know, there is already such a movie. Only it's in Chinese. That's why we've never heard of it, right? Could be. A movie where Liam Neeson is known. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then let's talk about the history. How did it all start? Obviously, the history of Lunar New Year dates back earlier than when paper was invented, right? So all of these probably is just word of mouth or maybe written in stone. So there's no guarantee that this is the actual history. Mm -hmm. But according to... earliest records available in 1045 to 771 BC. Wow, that's that's really old, like 3,000 years ago. There was a poem, classic poetry, by an anonymous farmer, obviously. Nobody is able to remember <laughs> who that farmer was. And he described the traditions of celebrating the 10th month of the ancient solar calendar, which was in autumn. Now, according to the poem, during this time, people clean millet stack sites, They toast their guests with miju, or rice wine. They kill lambs, cook their meat, and they go to their master's home and toast and cheer for a prospect of living longer together. Mm. Now, the 10th month celebration is believed to be one of the prototypes of Chinese New Year. So it's very similar to how they celebrate Mid-Autumn Festival, right? But it's not about the moon. It's about... Gong Hei Fa Choi, like be more prosperous with each other. Mm-hmm. And then the records of the first Chinese New Year celebration can be traced in the Warring States period in 475 BC up to 221 AD. Then this one is within the time paper was invented. So hopefully this has <laughs> better reflection of what it should be, right? Mm-hmm. So in the Qin state, I don't know how to pronounce this, Qin or Qin, Q-I-N, they have this exorcism ritual to expel illness and they call it the Big Nuo. Mm. And... This was carried out during the last day of the year. Mm-hmm. And to expel illness, you, you know, cleaning and all that, they clean their house thoroughly, which precedes the Chinese New Year tradition. So it's kind of like a tradition that they've carried on mm-hmm. since 475 BC. And then the first mention of celebrating at the start of a new year was recorded during the Han Dynasty. So 202 BC to 220 AD. There's a book written by the Eastern Han agronomist Kui Shi, and the book title is Simin Yui Ling, and it's about a celebration, and he describes, I don't even know if he's a she or a he, but the author describes <laughs> <laughs> the starting day of the first month is called Zengri. Mm. I bring my wife and children to worship ancestors and commemorate my father. He wrote, mm. oh, he, uh, he, he yes. wrote, children, wife, Grandchildren and great-grandchildren all serve pepper wine to their parents, make their toast, and wish their parents good health. 
It's a thriving view. The mm-hmm. practice of worshiping our ancestors on New Year's Eve is maintained by Chinese people to this day. So it seems like Chinese New Year throughout his history is all about family. It's all about your relationships, greeting each other. Hopefully, you become prosperous and we live longer. Right? Nice. Okay. Mm. Pepper wine. I, I, what is that? I've never heard of pepper wine. Have you? Maybe that's where Dr. Pepper started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> pepper wine is Dr. Pepper, which doesn't resemble a wine, but the color is probably similar to a red wine. I don't know. Chinese New Year is observed as a public holiday in some countries and territories where there's a sizable Chinese population. Since Chinese New Year falls on different dates on the Gregorian calendar every year on different days of the week, some of these governments opt to shift working days in order to accommodate a longer public holiday. However, the number of public holidays differs per country. For example, in the Philippines, only the first day of Chinese New Year is a holiday. Whereas in Singapore, it's the first two days. But in Hong Kong and mainland China, it's the first three days. For me, it's gotten progressively more, right? Because I, I was in the Philippines before I moved to Singapore and then now in Hong Kong, right? <laughs> you made your decision based on the celebration of Lunar New Year. But it's unfair, right? Because technically, the celebration is for 15 days. Yes. Which is from new moon to full moon. Mm. But they only get three days of holiday. It's unfair. But I say it's unfair. But for us who celebrates the Gregorian calendar, we only get one day. It's unfair. <laughs> we should follow. Like There should be a means to at least be equal with those that celebrate the Lunar New Year. Right? Three days. Now, let's talk about festivities right? in China. And obviously, the three days holiday that the government gives is just the official holidays. But the celebration itself in their tradition lasts for 15 days. Now, let's talk about the days preceding the New Year, what happens. Now, on the days immediately before the New Year celebration, Chinese families give their home a thorough cleaning, yes, as based on the tradition, Mm -hmm. right? It is believed that cleaning sweeps away the bad luck of the preceding year and makes their homes ready for good luck. Brooms and dustpans are put away on the first day so that the newly arrived good luck cannot be swept away. But what if you had a tremendous, absolutely killing year? Like, you're so lucky in year, the preceding year. Does that mean you shouldn't clean your house? Otherwise, you're going to sweep the good luck as well? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Right? I, I want to ask people, like, mm. if, <laughs> does that hold true? Then that means you shouldn't clean your house? I don't know. Yeah. Then also, some people give their homes doors and window frames, a new coat of red paint to chew away neon. Mm. Homes are often decorated with paper cutouts of ancient Chinese auspicious phrases and couplets. What's couplets? I am not entirely sure. Maybe maybe a saying? Two-liners? Maybe the, you know, have you seen the hey hey? It's like it's two characters, Ah. which means double happiness. So maybe that? Yeah. Eight, eight, ocho, ocho, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) People also purchase new clothing and shoes that symbolizes new start Mm. and haircuts need to be completed before the new year (laughs) as cutting hair on new year is considered bad luck due to the homonymic nature of the word hair fa 
and the word for prosperity. Mm, okay. So I don't have prosperity. <laughs> I don't have fuck. Mm, I don't. I don't like this at all. <laughs> In many households where Buddhism or Taoism is observed, home altars and statues are cleaned thoroughly, and decorations used to adorn altars over the past year are taken down and burned a week before the new year starts on Little New Year to be replaced with new decorations, okay. which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And Taoists will also send gods back to heaven. An example would be burning a paper effigy of Zhao Jun, the kitchen god, mm. the recorder of family functions. Uh, I think I've seen this as well, like people burning, sending offerings. Mm. And also this is done so that the kitchen god, Jun, Zhao Jun, Mm. can report to the Jade Emperor of the family household's transgressions and good deeds. Oh. Families often offer sweet food such as candies in order to bribe the deities into reporting good things about the family. <laughs> oh, wow. Even in tradition, there's bribery, huh? <laughs> so he's like the... I, I, this is the first time I've heard of this, but I didn't know that... Uh, you know how in the US now there's a thing called Elf on the Shelf? What is that? So parents have this elf in their house and his job is supposed to be to watch the children and report back to Santa if they're bad. Ah. So this is kind of like that. That's a statue, is it? Or is it an actual camera? It's not an actual camera. No, it's a <laughs> it's a doll. But it's it's, a doll, okay. a, it's an elf doll. Yeah. Ah. So I think that kids are not supposed to touch the elf um because I don't know whatever, but that's what parents in the US for the past few years have been using obviously that's not common in the Philippines at all I only see it sometimes in the news or in, in memes and whatnot. yeah so that's how Santa knows whether the kid has been naughty or nice exactly yeah yeah that's that's mm. the whole point of this new thing interesting okay so now let's move on to the eve so that's mm. the day before Chinese New Year it is usually accompanied with a dinner feast consisting of special meats served at the tables as a main course for the dinner and as an offering for the new year. This meal is comparable to Thanksgiving dinner in the U.S. and remotely similar to Christmas dinner in other countries with a high percentage of Christians. So, I guess in the same way for us Filipinos, right, Christmas dinner is the most important gathering of the year. So, for the Chinese, it's Chinese New Year's Eve. Interesting. And does the zodiac sign for the year tell what meat is the main dish for the night? Like, no. <laughs> How can you serve dragon meat? Can you please? <laughs> that is a good point. I don't think that so. Komodo mm, dragon, maybe. Oh my god, it's not even edible. But <laughs> yeah, no, don't don't worry, people. They do not serve rabbit meat on you know today's Chinese New Year. Okay. I remember reading somewhere that they prefer to serve pork because pigs eat by pushing their food forward, whereas chickens, mm-hmm. like, they scratch backwards. So, again, it's prosperity. Ah, that's right. And and for Filipinos, we don't like chicken as much for prosperity because of isang kahig, isang tuka. Yeah, <laughs> which uh-huh. means, like, what, what does that mean? Like, a chicken, one scratch, one peck? One bite, one peck. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's... It's not a sign of prosperity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being frugal. <laughs> so I think we got that from the Chinese and it just kind of evolved to a Filipino meaning, probably. Yeah. So anyway, in northern China, it is customary to make jiaozi or dumplings after dinner to eat around midnight. Dumplings symbolize wealth because their shape resembles a Chinese sai si. 
But in contrast, in the South, it is customary to make a glutinous New Year cake called Niangao and send pieces of it as gifts to relatives and friends in the coming days. Niangao literally means New Year cake with a homophonous meaning of increasingly prosperous year in, year out. Okay, so again, it's about prosperity. Now, interestingly, Niangao is also popular in the Philippines because of its large Chinese population and is known as Tikoy there. Mm, yes. I remember my Chinese friends used to give me slices that were fried in egg. Did you have that in Cebu as well? Yeah. 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 Now, I don't remember seeing a lot of Tikoy in Singapore, but I do see them in Hong Kong more. So I asked my Singaporean friends if they also have Tikoy and for some reason I just, you know, didn't notice them. And they said mm. that they do, but it's not their practice to give them to people, but Rather, they would have them as offerings for the gods, I guess, to the kitchen god or whatever. But yeah, so that's probably why we never got them in Singapore, right? It's interesting, right? Because they're offering it to the gods for the gods to be more prosperous. (laughs) The gods are already prosperous. I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good point. I don't know. But that's what they said. They said they offer it to the gods, but then then they eat it afterwards anyway. So that's why it's (laughs) so funny. (laughs) Maybe the gods will be angry you're offering to me and you're eating it. Because otherwise, who's going to eat it, right? So I guess they still mm-hmm. can eat it or whatever. They should give it to their neighbors for, for their neighbors to have a prosperous <laughs> Maybe. So after dinner, some families may visit local temples hours before mm-hmm. midnight to pray for success by lighting the first incense of the year. However, in modern practice, many households held parties to celebrate. Traditionally, firecrackers were lit toward evil spirits when the household doors sealed and are not to be reopened until dawn in a ritual called opening the door of fortune. So my question is, they close the doors, mm. but where do they tr- light the firecrackers? Is it outside the door? <laughs> then how are they going to go back in? This is confusing. Um, they go through the window <laughs> or back door. So yeah, um, there has to be a separate door of fortune. That, mm, interesting. Or they set off a timer maybe. I have no idea. This is just confusing to me. But maybe somebody can explain again how this works exactly. But speaking of this, last night we happened to be outside just 10 minutes before midnight because we watched Avatar 2, which is a completely different thing. But And then we realized, hey, it's it's Chinese New Year's Eve. Maybe there's firecrackers or whatever or a fireworks show outside. Mm. And then we went out at the harbor because we were at the mall, right? And there were a lot of people also like anticipating something. And then at midnight, okay, there's nothing. So I guess um, the government <laughs> did not approve it yet this year um, because the, the Hong Kong has just started opening up, right? So maybe they didn't have enough time to prepare. But who knows, maybe next year. Yeah, but there's a lot of people there and there were people with cameras and all that. And then, Mm. okay, nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Hilarious. Sorry, guys. Sorry to break (laughs) your highly anticipated fireworks. But yeah, hopefully next year Mm -hmm. that changes. There is a very good celebration, right? Anticipation of the new year. So that's the eve. People drinking, celebrating, firecrackers. But what happens on the following day? Well, Mm. the first day of new year. Well, it depends on the night that happened before, right? Like, if you're drinking, then probably this is hangover day. <laughs> True. Or if you got into an accident, you know, preparing fireworks, then probably it's hospital day. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, like in the Philippines, when it's New Year. There's always uh, a queue in the ER. Mm. People with busted uh, arms and legs. So, mm-hmm. the first day, known as the Spring Festival, is the welcoming of the deities of the heavens and earth 
on midnight. Mm. It is a traditional practice to light fireworks, burn bamboo sticks and firecrackers, and lion dance troops were done commonly as a tradition to ward off evil spirits. Mm. Now, I really like the lion dance event, right? There's drums, it's very festive, and you get to feed the lion, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the lion with cabbage and money, and also oranges, right? Oranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after like some time, because the lion is not a real lion, <laughs> there would be like several people inside the lion mm. or maybe two, two or something, right? Mm. And then they would spit out the orange slices mm. into like mm. lucky numbers, right? They would form it on yeah. the ground. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then you can bet on lotto afterwards. <laughs> okay, yes. Did you ever? I, I don't think I did. But anyway, no, yeah, yeah. I think I did. And then typical actions such as lighting, fires, and using knives are considered taboo. Thus, all consumable food has to be cooked prior. Wow. Hmm. Using broom, including swearing and breaking any dinnerware without appeasing the deities are also considered taboo. Wow. And the normal traditions occurring on the first day involve house gatherings to the families. Uh, specifically the elders and families to the oldest and most senior members of their extended families, usually their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, and trading mandarin oranges as a courtesy to symbolize wealth and good luck. Mm, yeah. And also, members of the family who are married also give red envelopes or angbao mm-hmm. containing cash known as lai. Lai si, lai si. In Cantonese, mm-hmm. lai si. So lai si in Cantonese. Or angpao in Hokkien. And Teochew or Hongbao in Mandarin. Oh, there's a lot of names for it. Yeah. A form of a blessing and to suppress both the aging and challenges that were associated with the coming year to junior members of the family, mostly children and teenagers. So technically, you can ask people who are elder than you for Hongbao on uh, mm. the year. Right? As long as they're That's married. Not the opposite. And business managers as well may also give bonuses in the form of red packets to employees. Yeah. It is a really big and you know, family-centric Celebration. That is why during Chinese New Year, a lot of people actually travel, right? So mm. China is also kind of a big immigrant country mm. wherein most of the population kind of travel or maybe living in Singapore, living in Hong Kong. And then during Chinese New Year, they would return back home in, in one big fashion to celebrate. So on the first days, usually they visit family and they call them reunion dinners. Or is, I don't know if it's the first day that's reunion dinner or it's the eve that I'm talking about. But I remember my Singaporean friends, they said, oh, let's have reunion dinner. And then we mm. went to dinner to celebrate. And I said, why is it called reunion dinner when we see each other every day? <laughs> 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 but it's actually re- for them, it's reunion, right? Because probably they don't see their grandma a lot or something like that. But yeah, that's what they call them, reunion dinner. And the bonuses, I only experienced that one time when I was working for a local company. You know, we worked for global companies most of the time. They don't really give uh, the bonus during Chinese New Year, but local companies do. And and the one that I worked for, they would literally put the money into the red packet, like your entire month's salary. So it's like, I hope I don't lose this entire packet of cash. (laughs) (laughs) But what I experienced, though, is bosses giving out Ong Bao. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. But it's a token amount of money, say $2, $8. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. And we used to get them from the company itself as well, right? Mm. Like, like over here, uh, we would get like 100 Hong Kong dollars, which nice. is equivalent to what? Like 20 Singapore, which is not bad, 20 Singapore dollars. Bad, or, yeah. yeah. Um, and you would get that from the company. And then, as you said, usually the bosses would also give token amounts, mm. maybe slightly smaller than that. Mm. And I think some of them believe that it needs to be 
not an amount that has a number four in it because apparently that means oh, yeah. death. Because four is death. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, if it could be eight, but I think some people are lazy. It's so hard to count out eight dollars, right? It's like four bills. <laughs> so they just yeah. give ten dollars in Singapore, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing is, if you give eight dollars, that means four two dollar bills. And so it's represented by the number four. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> mm. Maybe. So they... just give ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Yep. In Singapore, I never gave them because, first of all, I'm not Chinese. Second of all, I'm not married. But apparently here, it's a practice to give lysi to like people who serve you. For example, your guard um, at the building, that kind of thing. But I didn't know that. I only recently found out. So for the past years, I've not been giving anything. But apparently, you can just give them a token about like 20 Hong Kong dollars or something. Haven't you noticed the guard is looking at you strangely or... <laughs> Trying to send a signal to you that, hey, you haven't been giving in the past three years. I don't know. Maybe I should start giving this time around. Mm. Yeah. And there's, I saw a joke about how, you know, around before Chinese New Year, suddenly all the servers are like friendlier or like, you know, (laughs) they serve you better. (laughs) To bribe you into giving more. There are also activities on the second to sixth days, but to keep this episode short, we'll skip them and jump to the seventh day, traditionally known as Renri or the common person's birthday or everybody's birthday. So that's the day when everyone grows one year older. Now, in some overseas Chinese communities in Southeast Asia, such as Malaysia and Singapore, it is also the day when tossed raw fish salad or yusheng is eaten for continued wealth and prosperity. In Hong Kong, they have their own version of this with different ingredients called yisang. So this is something we experience personally in Singapore because we would do yeah. it in the office, remember? And then it usually consists of strips of raw fish, usually salmon, and it's mixed mm. with shredded vegetables and a variety of sauces and condiments, which all symbolize different blessings of good luck, such as abundance, eternal youth, mm. or promotion at work. So usually how this works is the leader amongst the diners or the restaurant server, whoever, right, proceeds to add the ingredients, you know, the ones that I mentioned earlier, such as the fish, the crackers, Mm. and the sauces, you know, one by one, while saying auspicious wishes as each ingredient is added, typically related to the specific ingredient being added. And then all the diners at the table then stand up and proceed to toss the shredded ingredients into the air with chopsticks while saying various auspicious Wishes out loud. So I think we used to say wata, which I think means prosperity. Yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I think what means something about prosperity, right? And I don't know if it's ah because uh, anyway, we would would used to say wata, wata, and other things, right? Like you want promotion or Mm. money or whatever, right? And then it is believed that the height of the toss reflects the height of the diner's growth in fortunes. Right? So the higher the toss, the higher the chances of winning, basically. Right? right? So thus, diners are expected to toss enthusiastically. And during one of these sessions, my teammates were so enthusiastic that we ended up with using ingredients on the ceiling of our pantry. Oh. <laughs> wow. That was crazy. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And it's really wishing for good fortune. But the first time I experienced this, right? Mm. I really thought it was really wasteful. You're tossing and all of the ingredients actually fall off the floor. And in your case, sticking on the (laughs) ceiling, right? 
So I, I was really shocked. Like, well, this is so. <laughs> like, we Filipinos, we don't want to waste. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true, true, true. It's it's really wasteful. But yeah, it's part of the tradition. Yeah, but maybe other people don't actually toss that high, and and I don't know. Some people are just want to be funny or something. You're right, but Good. yeah, but after you toss it, most of it fall onto the same plate where you are tossing, mm. and then you eat it afterwards, right? So yes, that's right. I remember it kind of tasted like achara or something like that. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Achara. <laughs> with fish. And you add different, you, you flavor it, right? With crackers, mm. with, with pepper. I think I there's know, ginger. Something. That's why it tastes like achara. Ah, probably. Could be. Yeah. And the main vegetables are like radishes. Like maybe mm. that's why it reminded me of achara because it's sliced thinly. So kind of like mm. the papaya. That's right. Achara. And on the 15th day, which is the last day, is this the precursor to the 12 days of Christmas? Like on the first day of Chinese New Year? <laughs> Maybe they have also <laughs> saw. <laughs> on on the, the 15th day of New Year. New Year. <laughs> what do we... <laughs> mm, I challenge all the Chinese to come up with a 15 days of New Year song. So on the 15th day, oh, they call it the Lantern Festival. Mm -hmm. And rice dumplings or Tang Yuan, a sweet gluttonous rice ball brewed in a soup, are eaten on this day. Mm. Candles are lit outside houses as a way to guide wayward spirits home. Families may walk the streets carrying lanterns, which sometimes have riddles attached to or written on them as a tradition. Oh. Interesting. Lanterns with a riddle. And then people probably greet each other. Oh, what's your riddle? Is that some maribeles na sa loob ang kaliskes? Why? <laughs> No, it's, it's a riddle. Okay, and then you need to solve it, otherwise you won't be mm. prosperous. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mm, in China and Malaysia, this day is celebrated by individuals seeking a romantic partner. Ooh, akin to Valentine's Day. Mm. So people bringing out lanterns. Oh, and if you can solve the riddle, we, you, you, you deserve a date? Is that <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> mm. uh -huh. Nowadays, single women write their contact number on mandarin oranges and throw them in a river or a lake after which single men collect the oranges and eat them. <gasps> That's interesting. <laughs> the taste is an indication of their possible love. Sweet represents a good fate, while sour represents a bad fate. Okay. <laughs> this is really interesting. <laughs> that means women would buy delicious sweet oranges. Right, yeah. Um, but how can you right, taste it, right? right? But it's closed. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to taste. You have to try it first before you write your number. But then you have to throw it in a river. Yeah, river is fine. But don't throw it in a river near the ocean, right? Like not rockish wa <laughs> water. Otherwise, the saltiness of the water might affect the taste. <laughs> mm. and, and this 15th day, this Lantern Festival marks the end of the Chinese New Year festivities. So that's actually quite long, right? It's half a month. Yeah, it is. But the ones who are not overly religious don't really celebrate all of them, I think. Definitely. Yeah, probably just the first, the important one, which is the mm. at the beginning. But I remember that my former boss used to give us these rice dumplings. And I never knew when, but he would just give it. And then I guess it's on the 15th day now. I know it's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was in China. So let's mm. move on to how Chinese New Year is celebrated in the Philippines. Right. Yeah, so Chinese New Year is considered to be the most important festival for Filipino Chinese. 
So there's a lot of them in the Philippines. And I found an article on AsianJournal.com, which details her traditions better than Wikipedia. So the article states, Filipinos who celebrate the holiday typically flock to Binondo in Manila, which is considered the oldest Chinatown in the world. Oh, I didn't know that. In the world. Yeah, in the world. Nice. So they crowd the streets of Chinatown to watch the parades of dragons and lions, a colorful and dynamic performance accompanied by the loud banging of drums and cymbals. The dragon in China is believed to represent great power, auspiciousness, and strength. Meanwhile, the lion represents safety and luck. Okay, so uh, the lion is about safety. Why is it about safety? Okay, maybe it's, no, be- it's because of the lion, the nian, right? The ah, nian yeah, yeah, okay. Safety and luck. Yeah. Safe against nian, maybe. Yeah, probably. They protect you mm. against mm. harm. Okay. So the color red is prevalent during the festivities as it is a special color in Chinese culture, signifying energy, happiness, and good luck. Most people wear red clothing as it represents vitality as well as strength. And elders also hand out ang pao to children. And these envelopes contain money, as we mentioned earlier, right? The Lunar New Year won't be complete without setting off fireworks and firecrackers or generally just making noise as it is supposed to drive away bad spirits, bad luck, and the mythical beast called Nian. Filipinos commonly use horns and cooking pots to create noise. So we also do that on the actual... On the actual New Year, the solar New Year. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I guess it kind of merged, right? As Mm. we mentioned earlier, the traditions kind of merged. So families also gather to have their New Year's Eve dinner where they usually serve tikoy, which symbolizes unity among family members, pancit or noodles for long life, and represent the eater's life, and fish and dumplings, which are believed to signify good fortune. Okay, Families also prepare 12 different round fruits as they are believed to bring luck and fortune to them. So we also do this on actual new um, solar New Year, the round fruits, right? Right. Yeah, so I guess it's like... like we're copying some of the traditions. (laughs) Probably we got them from the Chinese or whatever, Mm. I don't know. And the New Year's Eve dinner is perhaps the most important dinner for families. And that's why it is necessary for all the members of the family to be present for it. Yeah, I think I I know the reason why this happened, the merging happened, right? Probably there are two families, one Chinese and one Filipino. Mm -hmm. And then the Chinese family got so prosperous, right? They have businesses, Mm. flourishing expanded their business and perhaps the Filipino family asked, how come you're very successful? What is your secret? Mm. Our secret <laughs> is during New Year, we do this, we made loud noises, <laughs> we prepare 12 different round fruits and that's how kind of the Filipino household is also celebrating. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe, yeah. Maybe, right? Yeah. The funny thing is the Gregorian calendar New Year comes first. So oh, probably yeah. <laughs> they are like, Kiasu, I want to do it now <laughs> before the lunar year so I'll become more prosperous than my Chinese. Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, by the way, Kiasu is a Singaporean term which... Actually, okay. Yo, what does it mean? It means kind of... Wait, um, um, wait, let me just Google it quickly. FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. No, no. It's... Uh, okay, it means... Competitive. Having a grasping or selfish attitude arising from a fear of missing out or you're about that mm. on something. But yeah, it's like you want to be first, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now let's move on to the West, to California. 
Yeah, because we have a lot of listeners in California. That's why we chose oh, this. Oh, yes. That's why we chose <laughs> this one. California listeners, this is for you. Now, apparently, the San Francisco Chinese New Year Festival and Parade is the oldest and one of the largest events of its kind outside of Asia. Mm. And one of the largest Asian cultural events in North America. Wow. Mm. And the festival incorporates Grant and Kearney streets into its street festival and parade route, respectively. The use of the streets traces its lineage back to early parades beginning the custom in San Francisco. Ah. In 1849, a long time ago, with the discovery of gold and ensuing California gold rush, over 50,000 people had come to San Francisco to seek their fortune or just a better way of life. Among those were many Chinese who had come to work in the gold mines and on the railroad. Mm. By the 1860s, the residents of San Francisco's Chinatown were eager to share their culture with their fellow San Francisco residents who may have been unfamiliar with or probably hostile towards it. The organizers chose to showcase their culture by using a favorite American tradition, the parade. They invited a variety of other groups from the city to participate, and they marched down what today are Grant Avenue and Kearney Street, carrying colorful flags, banners, lanterns, drums, and firecrackers to drive away evil spirits. In San Francisco, over 100 units participate in the annual Chinese New Parade held since 1958. The parade is attended by some 500,000 people along with another 3 million television viewers. Wow, that's a lot of people. Nice. That's a lot of people. Interesting. And it's so funny, right? Because it's California Gold Rush and then, you know, Prosperity, <laughs> New Year, Chinese. It all it all goes well together. Yeah. So again, I guess it changes a bit depending on where it is held, right? Like in the Philippines, the Filipino bit got thrown in. And then again, in mm. California, it's different. So obviously, it depends on where it is held. Yeah, it changed a bit. And probably because for as long as you need luck, like the California gold rush, right? when you're mining, you need a little bit of luck to really be on the right place at the right time to get gold. So maybe their belief kind of like, there's no harm in believing yeah. attracting luck, right? Yeah, and that's why people like to do these traditions. Like, I mean, this is not harming anyone, right? The tradition is not about killing an innocent child or something to offer to the gods. <laughs> yeah. And why not, right? Like, why can't I have... You know, a couple of mandarin oranges hang red, I don't know, symbols on your door. But, mm. no, no, but now that I mentioned, there's no red anything in my apartment. Your lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The red lips is an exception. <laughs> oh, speaking of red, I remember, I'm also here, in, in, but I remember in Singapore, that was one of my first culture shock was, oh, there's a lot of red underwear being sold. You know, <laughs> yeah, didn't you notice? Like they're selling red bras, red panties, you know, right before Chinese New Year. And then I asked and I said, oh, because they believe that you need to also wear red underwear on Chinese for New luck. Year. Yeah, for luck. Vitality. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because I, also here, like, okay, there's like a lot of red underwear. And you know that it's almost Chinese New Year because why are there suddenly more red underwear than okay. usual being displayed? Yeah, on the window. I thought it was just people being patriotic, right? Like wearing red underwear and then at the behind there's like, <laughs> I love SG. <laughs> I, <laughs> I heart SG. It's, it's not. And then in front there's Merlion. No. No. <laughs> But yeah, and I remember um, my mom had this superstition. Like if you, for example, um, CPA board exam, right? Like she mm. said I should wear red underwear for and luck. 
Yeah, I did, but I did not pass, so that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong example. So it's probably it not work. lucky for me because I don't know. Mm. Because probably you should only wear it if it's Chinese, Chinese New Year, and maybe it's not luck after all. It's about driving away the bad forces, right? Yeah, could be. I don't know. Mm. Right now, it's did you about wear red lipstick on that day. Maybe it's not about the way it's on the. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I think red is also for luck for Chinese. They they usually wear it when it's birthdays and stuff as well. So That's be, true. so so yeah. I guess I don't know. But anyway, yeah, there you go. So if you want to, <laughs> if you want luck on Chinese New Year, just wear new clothes, red if possible, right? Mm. So to close this, we would just like to end by saying, well. Happy New Year to our Chinese mm. listeners. And well, even if you're not Chinese, right? If you believe in Chinese horoscope, mm. as mentioned earlier, the year of the rabbit seems to be a good year for hope. Yes. And I think it's because the bunny hops and, you know, it's energetic. So it's hopefully mm. things are going to be on the up and up this year after, you know, several years of mm. hopelessness. <laughs> so now we have hope and it's great. I always like just like to believe in the good stuff. Like my friend was saying, "Oh, you're so." I said, "Oh, you're supposed to be lucky this year, according to this website. Year of the Pig is lucky." And she said, "How come this other website is not?" So then just don't believe that other website. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just believe in what you want, right? Yeah, just, exactly. Just... Yeah, law of attraction, right? You attract what you believe in, or you know. Mm. So you just believe that according to this website, you're lucky, right? I choose to believe that. Okay, so we would like to ask our listeners, how do you celebrate Chinese New Year? Let us know and follow us on Instagram at Podcast to DM us your answers or email us at bananakeypodcast at gmail.com and your answers might be featured in the next Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it Cutie Minute. Our first cutie is in relation to episode 101, Royals. And this is from Zen Zero Cook. And she says, if you drink royal true orange, will you be royal? Mm. <laughs> good question. We mm-hmm. all, I love royal true orange, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's good. It used as a, it's used as a cure for asthma or flu, sore throat. Right? They mix it with uncooked egg. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think that's just a Philippine. But yeah, that's the funny thing, guys. Um. <laughs> Younger, if you're sick, mm. Mm. yeah, because they think royal orange is vitamin C, which is not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, and they put yeah. raw egg in it. That mm. sounds horrible. It's a horrible taste, it's honestly. Horrible. And you put yourself at risk, right? Because chicken eggs in the Philippines are, I don't think, are yeah, salmonella or something, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> raw. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's probably it's just placebo effect, but mm-hmm. yes, we do drink that when we are sick. Sorry, go back. Let's go back to Zenderuko. Yes. And she further says, If I was born in another time in the past, I would hope I'll be noble like a lord of an estate because being a peasant will be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. And right now, my delusions of grandeur is fulfilled by making a costume of a certain lord 
from a video game. So I will truly be one during a hot, sweltering summer days in 2023. Wow, I want to <laughs> see that costume. Zen yeah. Please send us some snaps. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, she likes to cosplay, I suppose, right? That's cosplay. why, yeah, yeah okay. that she do that. That's nice, yeah. Okay, thanks for that. And our second listener commented on episode 82, Do Filipinos like to read books? And this is Christine Santos. And she said, I love reading. I remember our obsession with Sweet Valley before in our grade school years. And Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys, R.L. Stein, Fear Street, Christopher Pike. So fun to reminisce. My mom always supported my love for reading and she always gave me funds for it. One of the little things I appreciate growing up. She was actually my elementary classmate. Both of us were reading stuff and I guess exchanging them because... um. You know, I used to just borrow either from the library or from my classmates mm. because unlike her, my mom didn't give me funds for it because we didn't have any money for that. So, <laughs> and I remember what, like one book before, obviously a long time ago, this seems cheap now, but a long time ago, 50 pesos was very expensive. That's more than my one day's allowance. And that was how much a book would cost. So that's why I couldn't afford it. But yeah, I remember even though it's cheesy, Sweet Valley was how I get started on my book reading habits. Yeah. So thank you for that comment. And to everyone who gave comments, please continue to leave your comments for us. And also, please do us a favor by giving us a five-star rating on Spotify or on Apple or on Podchaser.com. And if you do that, you will be prosperous in 2023. <laughs> and if you don't, bad luck will come your way. <laughs> the Nian don't, will. Don't tempt Nian. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, so thank you very much for listening. Happy Chinese New Year thank again. You. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye.